welcome to Sabermetrics, a sincere and critical examination of the Fate series. Is that what I say? It's been forever. I don't remember. It's close enough. My name's Sierra. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. My name's Iris. My pronouns are also she, her. We are talking about Fate Hollow Adorexia. We're talking about our loops 9 through, like, 12, I think it is. 9 through... Yeah, 9 through 12, uh, up through yes. Heaven's Field Backlight, 5. Uh, 9 through 15, actually. Or did you not get to loop 15? Oh, no, I, I just did through uh, Backlight 5. I thought that's how far we were doing. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I, 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 put, uh, I put however many... I can't remember. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. I don't think it matters. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I bet you I'm not missing I'm a whole trying, lot of content for loops 13 even, through 15. I'm trying to remember even what happened on loop 15. You know, looking through this, the fact that loop 13 is one day and loop 15 has days three and four uh, combined has me like, hmm, I wonder how much is actually there. Yeah, loop Oh, okay. Oh, right. Loop 15. Yeah, that's the camp stuff. So it, it is a significant... There is actually a lot of narrative happening. It's just you don't make any choices, really. Do I need to stop the recording and then just go play through these three loops real quick, then? No, because that will take several... That'll take, a, a like, at least a couple hours, probably. So don't... It's fine. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. Okay, cool. We'll cover it next time. Sounds good. Uh, anyway, yeah, so loop 9 through uh, 12 instead. Um, God. Uh, loop 9 starts um, with Shiro walking into an empty church uh, due to Kyrie's death officially reported as missing and his replacement returning, home to, uh, returning to his home country. The church has been sealed off. Kid Gilgamesh is here, too. Sensing that Shiro looks like he might need help, he asks what he's forgotten. With doubt in his voice, Shiro asks if he'd happen to know. Yes, I do, Gil says through a cat-faced smile. I'm sure Saber-san and Sakura-san must be quite perplexed by now, about why you would be slacking off, that is. Shiro admits he hasn't been pursuing the mystery that aggressively, but he asks what he could be slacking off on. Gil replies that he hasn't been practicing magic at all since the war restarted. He says it's significant that a, quote, training maniac like Shiro hasn't made time to practice, even if he has been a little busy. Uh, Shiro concedes that it does seem strange that he has failed to train himself lately. He wonders to himself why he's forgotten this fundamental habit. It's not that he's lost his circuits, though. He just forgot the way to fight. Shiro thanks Gil for helping him out, but asks if that was okay to do, since Gil was told not to get involved. Gil says he'll definitely get scolded and, quote, she's scary when she's mad, end quote. Presumably referring to Karen. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think this is interesting. I, I think, like, this has me like, is this Shiro even actually Shiro? Because he forgot how to do magic or what his magic even was until somebody reminded him about it. At yeah. which point he's immediately like, oh, yeah, I remember everything about it in the same way that, like, the moment anybody points out something weird, his brain immediately normalizes it. Yeah, and also we'll, we will get more blatant examples uh, later on, especially, like, whenever Shiro goes into the church, he kind of doesn't become Shiro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 
I'm going to be honest, there's a part of me that's like, oh, that would be interesting. And then another part of me that would just get so rip-roaring mad if Shiro just wasn't Shiro the entire time and all of this just matters even less. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, so after that, n- not really much happens yeah, not, not that happens. until night. Yeah, like, Station Front, there's a couple good jokes. Uh, Caster is apparently dressing Saber up in more sexy clothing. Um. Ha ha ha, so funny. Ha yeah. ha ha. Nasu, stop writing jokes, homie. You can't uh, write them. Yeah, and then at night, uh, Shiro actually practices again, and then he just easily reactivates his circuits. It's fine. He can use. Oh yeah, he's he, like, oh, I can do magic. Whoops! Achievement unlocked. Pro- projection magic is available. Cool. You could do the basics of your magic. Yep. Great. Uh, let me think here. Is 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 there anything in day two we're talking about? Uh, Temple at the Rearwoods. Oh right, yes. Because that's yeah, where he so, encounters Archer. Yeah, Shiro meets Archer in the rear woods behind the temple, uh, who asks him if he's been patrolling with Saber at night. Uh, Shiro says he ha- he has, and Archer recommends they stay away from Shinto after dark. Quote, if you try to cross the bridge from Miyama, you'll be needlessly attacked, end quote. It's not just them, though. Archer has been repelling everyone who tries to cross into Shinto. Shiro, though, he intends to kill. It, it's very funny because he does say, yeah, no, I give everybody a warning shot. Not you, though. I will just dome you the moment I see you. Which, yeah, no, that's true. He does just dome Shiro the moment he sees him. Yeah, it's it's on site for Shiro. <laughs> um, which, honestly, by this point in Hal Ataraxia, it's also on site for Shiro for me as well. Um, yeah. But there is one other interesting thing here at this scene is um, when he encounters uh, Urcher, um, it is in front of, like, this hologram of, uh, the grail, or, like, the fucking gross shittiness that's spilled out from the grail at the end of Heaven's Feel. Like, the weird mountain of fucked uppery. Oh, yeah. I don't... Um, and it makes it clear that both he and Archer saw that hallucination, and then it's back to just a bright, sunny day, which is like, oh, okay, that that's kind of interesting. Yeah. You gonna do anything with that? No? Alright. No. Cool. No. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> That's this whole game. Yeah. Uh, we do uh, We do get a pretty fucking sick action scene at the end of this night, though. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so... Uh, it's a shame that it doesn't, like, link into anything or have, like, any relevance beyond just sort of Metroidvania unlocking the rest of the game. Yeah. So Saber and Shiro obviously ignore Archer's warning, and they head to the big bridge anyway. Uh, Shiro mentions Saber was in a foul mood th- at the time, uh, and Saber remarks that of... Oh, actually, sorry. Um, as they're crossing, Saber and Shiro reminisce about when they crossed this bridge with Rin during the war. Uh, Shiro mentions Saber was in a foul mood at the time, and Saber remarks that of course she was, given the way she had been treated. She apparently was not a fan of the raincoat plan. Uh, just then, uh, Shiro okay, notices... Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, just then Shiro notices a subtle glint of red light just above Saber's shoulder and he shouts a warning to her she repels the arrow and Shiro activates his circuits the battle has officially begun Shiro instructs Saber to, caro- hi- to carry him to the automobile section of the bridge which is higher and wider so he has a better field of view to work with she complies and is soon forced to deflect another shot from Archer 
She tells Shiro the, the sniper is on the roof of the center building and adds that she's shocked that Archer, of all people, would want to fight in the restarted war. Archer fires a third shot, and Saber deflects it again. However, Shiro knows for certain that Saber's knees will give out on the sixth shot. Archer is putting more energy into each shot after Saber deflects one. However, this also increases the interval between shots, which Shiro recognizes as his weakness. They need to attack him right, before, right after he fires. Unfortunately, he's four kilometers away, and Saber's noble phantasm is far too imprecise to be an option. They have to somehow close the distance at extreme speed and force him into melee combat. Despite Saber's objections, their only option is for Shiro to use his last command spell. Saber reflects the fourth shot, and they put their plan into action. Using both his circuits and the command spell, Shiro gives Sabers the order to literally fly. Shiro waits until just after Archer has released his hold on the fifth arrow and then gives Saber the order. Saber leaps like a lightning bolt toward her target. Meanwhile, Archer's arrow, fronting, makes its way inexorably to its target. As long as Archer continues to aim, it will fly to its target even if it's deflected. This battle is a battle of speed. Saber must take down Archer before Hunting finds it. Uh, yeah, before Hunt, before that's a such a fucking hard name. Before Hunting finds its mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a split second, though, Archer understands Shiro's gamble and attempts to change Hunting's path to intercept Saber, but her ability to bend fate is too powerful. She passes by the arrow and impacts Archer's hiding spot, causing a shockwave of wind to ripple through the area, shaking even the handrails of the bridge. However, Hrunting is still descending towards Shiro. He quickly uses projection and deflects it. The two huge sources of magical energy impacting each other devastates the bridge. While it doesn't destroy Hrunting, it buys enough time for Saber to kill Archer before the arrow is able to change course and come back to finish where it started. An hour later, Shiro makes his way up to the tower where Saber is still standing, looking pained. Saber helps uh, carry... uh, I say Saber helps carry him back home, but this must be the opposite. <laughs> mm. I, th- I think I fucked up here. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Um, on the way, she asks uh, Shiro if they made the right choice. He's certain they did. They need to keep moving forward. Um, so one thing I do think is important to mention here is uh, Archer points out there's something a little weird here, which is he didn't have his swords ready for this fight and like that's that's unusual for him he should have had his swords ready yeah for when she closed distance and he didn't for whatever reason and that's extremely unlike him um and the other part that is uh uh Shiro does well and truly have like projection magic back like he uses row ice um which row ice just remains the coolest shit on the planet yeah um yeah and this scene is interesting Shiro uses his command seal um, we're gonna, we're gonna have to talk about the structure of time loops after the end of, after we get through these, because yeah. I have questions, uh-huh. but, um, Yeah, it doesn't anyways. seem to matter that he uses the last command spell. Sure doesn't. Uh, but anyway, this loop exits early, um, and then we just start on Yeah, it's, it's unclear why! Yeah. It just ends, here, for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, there's no uh, Does like, Shiro die of his wounds or like of losing his command? What happens here that makes this loop end? Yeah, yeah, it just it, there's no explanation. Explanation. It's just like all right, out of this loop. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it's it's like, actually really frustrating. <laughs> it's like actively really frustrating that it does that. Yeah, it's it's weird. It. it... Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, there's really not a whole lot worthwhile that happens in Loop Ten, and a whole lot of shit that's just annoying and scenes that I hate. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like trying to see here. Like, there's day yeah, one going to the like, archer range. That seems nothing. Yeah, there's the scene where like Shiro and and Sakura and Ryder all eat lunch on the rooftop, which is cute, but also there's nothing of substance to talk yeah, about. Yeah, there's just nothing there. Um, um, there's where uh, Saber greets Shiro as he comes back from work. It's like, all right. Again, nothing. Like three three sentences, basically. Uh, at the harbor where shiro compares lancer to crocodile dundee (laughs) i forgot about is that the scene also where he's in a fucking fishing duel with archer possibly yeah oh no i think that's another scene is that later okay that that's another scene i I would have mentioned that (laughs) Um, uh because that bit's that bit's actually kind of great that bitch kind of slaps yeah uh then day two um Shiro helps Ryder do groceries. Yeah, Shiro, er, er, Ryder can't do groceries. Haha, isn't that funny? No, it's not. Not There's there's a lot of bad shit surrounding Ryder. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Also, I just think Nasu's that not a funny writer is like a a thing. I think Nasu's at his worst when he's trying to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like... The only jokes that ever worked for me, really, as far as I can remember, in, like, Fate Stay Night, was when they were jokes in the context of a scene that it was, like, really heavy and it was, like, tonally engaging with that in some way. Yeah. But, like, Nasu, you're just not funny, man. Yeah, like, where You're Rin not a or, funny writer. Like, where Rin or Lancer were giving someone shit in the context of, like, exposition happening. Yeah, uh-huh. But, like, if he tries to create... It's like he's trying to create SNL skits, basically. I'm going to be honest here. I think SNL skits might be funnier. Yeah, you, you're probably right. They probably At least involve... there's an actual joke in most SNL skits. And also, they involve mm. less, like, sec- like sexual predation. Mm, mm, that I might s- be generous. I said less. You know what? Okay, that's fair. Not you, you did no. say less, not none. <laughs> Uh, oh. Anyway, there's the st- scene with the station front where, like, Casper reveals that they didn't have a wedding ceremony, but they are married on paper because of a bribe. Presumably, that makes me happy for her. Good yeah, for Caster. Presumably because Caster doesn't have, like, I don't know, a birth certificate or something. I don't yeah, know what uh-huh. you need. But. Caster immediately just, like, no i didn't use magic i paid somebody like an adult shiro (laughs) i paid a very large bribe don't be absurd and i was like you know what caster yeah i fuck with you you're a real one you're an adult you're an adult in this world of children yeah another scene that is enjoyable but also just it complete it's also just nothing yeah Yeah. Uh um Followed up by a really annoying scene where it's just Sakura and Shiro 
arguing about who gets the bath first. Every scene Sakura is in, I get madder and madder about because so- I remember Heaven's Feel. And I just, I get so upset. Yeah, as as annoyed as I am about Rin being treated pretty terribly by this game, Sakura doesn't fare a whole lot better. She just gets more at, scenes. At least Rin all. was already treated kind of shittily by Fate Stay Night, so we're used to it. Sakura <laughs> got a whole route that was actually about her, and then they walked backwards. Yeah. Rin's is at least, like, mostly a lateral move. Um, day three, we get a bit of exposition that I'll mention here. Um, so Shiro finds Archer investigating the mansion, the abandoned one. Um, despite their mutual hostility, Archer does drop some clues. The owner of this mansion was named Edelfelt, and they passed away 60 years ago. Also, Archer did not know about this mansion until now, which implies that these events are unique to Shiro's timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it... it- this game is implying, A, that Archer at least remembers summoning Saber. Um, which seems different than what I recall or what was implied by Fate Stay Night, but sure, whatever, that can be a retcon. Um, but he does not recall the events of Hollow Ataraxia. The other thing is, the way he's talking in the scene in the ghost house implies that he is at least partially aware that there is some looping happening here. Yeah. Which which is interesting because no one else seems to be. Yeah. But also like Archer is but, still subject to the loops, but also kind of not. Cause like uh-huh. Shiro never yeah. have to never, Shiro never has to fight him again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, just just a huge fucking shrug who knows yeah um after this comes the scene that you that both of us kind of liked uh where archer and lancer are having a fishing duel but archer yeah. is just using projection magic to create like the best fishing gear possible uh, Ar- Ar- archer is using projection magic to make like thousand dollar fishing rods and lancer is just like Lancer just has a, like, a, a pole. <laughs> La- Lancer literally has string on a stick. Yeah. And he's just like, I wish I was dead and that I wasn't here. This is the worst. Archer's I having a great time, I every second though. of this. Uh-huh. Archer's just being a huge bitch, and that's fun. Honestly, anytime Archer is in a scene and just being the biggest bitch on the planet and chewing up the scenery, that's kind of fun. I have fun with that. It is funny to think that, like, Archer... Because in the context, like, Archer used to be Shiro Emiya. It's like, mm-hmm. damn, dude, what happened to you that this is just what you do all day now? <laughs> like, Yeah, uh-huh. Shiro, you got, you got real fucked up. I mean, we know what happened to him. He turned into, like, a weird pseudo-terrorist. I know, but also it's, it's funny that that also involves him just becoming the pettiest bitch imaginable. <laughs> you know like, yeah you'd think like oh he he's he'd just be become very depressed but still mostly shiro and like archer is depressed but also <laughs> archer is just like constantly needling everyone around him in a way that like shiro never does i kind of wish he did that might make me like shiro more yeah honestly if shiro did act more like archer that it, I think it does make a good case that maybe Unlimited Blade Works is the route where, despite Rin's 
uh, efforts Shiro does become Archer. Uh-huh. Because, like, it would, it would make sense if, like, Shiro just picked it up from, like... Being constant, around himself? Like, uh, well, being around Rin, specifically. Like, yeah, yeah, you know what, I believe that. Her. I believe that. Yeah. Rin's like, I can fix him. It's like, no, you you made him worse. Rin, not only can you not fix him, he's gonna unfix you. Yeah. <laughs> uh anyway. Um uh, the night scene, uh, the only thing important here is that Saber mentions that she feels like any ill will from the anomalies is directed towards Shiro himself. Th- these loops is basically people going, hey, Shiro, this is all about you. Hey, Shiro, yeah. this is all about you. Hey, Shiro, this is all about you. And we'll, after we're done, we'll talk about why I hate that. Yeah. Um, day four... Uh, we go back. I decide to have us go back to the the outskirts to Ilya's castle, um, where Ilya ha- has a conversation with Shiro about her memories of Karitsugu. I made, I made a note to myself to fill this fill that summary out with more detail because I thought the scene wouldn't matter. Um, but then, like it, it was actually kind of a neat scene, but I forgot to actually go back and watch it again. <laughs> Um, the major thing that I noticed in this scene was she specifically talks about how her mom both went with Kiritsugu and left her alone, but also didn't leave or and leave her alone. And Shiro is like, what the fuck? That doesn't make sense. And I also go, what the fuck? That doesn't make sense. And then the game doesn't die- deign to explain it in any way. Yeah, that's that's something that will be covered in Fate Zero. I, yeah, I assume that that was a, you should play Fade Zero, and me going, okay, maybe that one will have an actual plot. Yeah, well, less play Fade Zero and more read Gen Urubuchi. <laughs> you know what, at this point, if it's if it's an actual book, yeah, you know what, I'll read Gen Urubuchi. Yeah. Compared to this, yeah, yeah. that's fine. We're, we're going to eventually, hopefully, we'll be done with this soon. Uh, uh, anyway. Yeah, and then... Yep. And then we die in our sleep. Yep. Uh, honestly, like, the castle courtyard stuff, pretty disappointing considering how much I love Ilya. You know, I feel like this game is just, like, pretty disappointing considering how much I love X is just, like, the whole of this game. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> Uh, are you a fan of a character? Uh, unless that Bummer, character, sorry, is, like unless that character is Caster, you are in for a bad time. Listen, hey, it, it Kiritsugu fan, er, not Kiritsugu, uh, Kotomine fans, you stay winning. You know why? Because Kotomine is dead, and they can't ruin him in this one. Yeah, he's not around to to be ruined. Uh huh. He, he is still in the grave. Um, Thank God they would try and redo the curry scene, and the, there's just no topping that. Uh, then loop 11 happens, uh... Loop 11 happens and I pop the fuck off. Yeah, there's... Before we get to the that stuff, though, um, there's a... There's a scene in the Emya residence that I hated so much I did not dignify with a summary. Which scene is this? Um, in the living room where you choose hope for the best. Where my brain has deleted what has happened from my memory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that scene was just fucking nothing. 
Yeah, I, I remember it being like also very fan servicey and in like the pervert shit way. It was. I straight up I, I skipped through a lot like I, I fast forwarded through a lot of that yeah. and skimmed a lot of it because I was just like I don't I also did the same. I'm I'm exhausted. I don't have like the time or energy to deal with pervert shit. Yeah, nope, that is perfectly fair. Uh, because most likely if something forces you to if something like annoys you enough that you skip through it, I almost certainly did too. So it's not <laughs> Okay, gonna... cool. Um, anyway. I, you know what? I, actually, thinking about it, I am absolutely the way more likely one of the two of us to sit down and like read through it with significant effort just some miserable shit to get mad about it. That, yeah. that does sound more like something I would do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, now we get to a uh, kind of cool scene. Um, this scene rips. At the church at night. Bazette and Avenger are here to greet Saber and Shiro at the church. Bizet- yeah, Bazette shows up, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't think you could be in the same spot. That's interesting. Bazette says, quote, we meet again, Saber, but then corrects herself and mentions that for Saber, this must be their first time. She mentions she's already defeated the other servants. Now all that's left is to check the king. Saber is ready to fight, but Shiro feels there are too many contradictions at play. It doesn't make sense for there to be a secret master they never heard about. And more than Correct. that, there shouldn't be an eighth servant, especially not one as unnaturally powerful and revolting as this one. Bazette introduces herself an Avenger. But the Shiro, Avenger appears as simply a faceless, featureless silhouette, like a shadow person. Avenger tells his master he'll take on Saber. Bazette agrees, but warns him to pull back when the time is right so she can finish Saber off. Bazette puts down the cylindrical container she's been carrying and opens it up, revealing a shot-put-sized ball that begins orbiting around her. Bazette steps back and lets Avenger take the front line. Shiro tries to tell Saber that something's not right, and Bazette's combat style isn't supposed to be like this. However, Avenger interrupts, preventing him from finishing. Avenger is incredibly fast and ferocious, but he is simply not on par with Saber. She begins fighting defensively to try and draw out his trump card. Seeing he has none, though, she goes into attack. Avenger uses his claws to catch her sword, but she breaks both claws and gives him a mortal wound. However, Avenger shouts Verg Avesta, false copy of inscribed creation, and activates his noble phantasm. Saber crumples to the ground, and she realizes she's been forced to share his pain, and that he's using the Book of Zoroaster to do it. Avenger corrects her that it's just a, quote, worthless copy, end quote. Where have we heard that before? Yeah, I was uh, about to be like, Aven- gee, I wonder who else does worthless copy shit. <laughs> yeah. While Avenger will die in a few minutes, which will eventually break the curse, Saber is currently debilitated. Bazette now makes her move and slips on her leather gloves. Saber begins charging Excalibur and asks permission from Shiro to use her noble phantasm as Bazette begins charging the sphere that's orbiting her with electricity. Shiro gives the okay, but tells her to limit the output as much as she can. She activates at the same moment Bazette activates her magic. Answerer, that which comes later, cuts first. All, A.K.A. Frog, uh, Frogorok, Sword of the Gorging War God. Once the dust settles, Shiro sees that Saber's armor has been pierced through the heart by a pebble-sized object. Frogorok is the short sword of the war god Luch of Celtic mythology. Mm-hmm. It was a sword that would launch itself from its sheath and cut down all opposing it before their own swords could be drawn. 
Though Excalibur activated first, Frogorok fired faster and canceled Excalibur's light. Having been fatally wounded, Saber's body disappears. Shiro tries to at least throw a punch at Bazette before he's killed, but Bazette simply walks past him. Avenger deals the finishing blow and gives him earnest advice as he dies. Quote, Pick a different partner and try again. Next time, try to get someone that knows this lady's trump card a little better. End quote. Uh, so, honestly, uh, the plan that Bazette and um, Avenger have fucking rules. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, so Fragorak can only be activated when the uh, opponent is... It is similar to how uh, uh, um, Kukulin's fucking, what is it, um, the spear. Uh, Gaybolg. Gaybolg operates, where it is like a guaranteed hit. Yeah, um, it, it manipulates like um, causality. It, it manipulates causality. Yeah. Uh, where it will always hit the instant before you activate your strongest attack. So like after uh, – after avenger gets cut down he is like taunting and baiting uh saber into being like oh you better use your trump card otherwise Bazette's gonna fuck you up uh and it works yeah it, it rules it's yeah, so good saber is a blockhead <laughs> yeah, yeah they're stupid they're incredibly stupid um and Bazette just like it is just a genuinely a really fun fight scene and plan um and saber is just cleanly fucking bodied yeah. Uh, I, I like this scene a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, Bazette's on, on screen, so yeah, of course I like this scene. <laughs> uh, but also, it's it's interesting to like, because this is... We've gotten hints before that Avenger is not necessarily as cool with the loop as Bazette is, but here we see him like actively trying to help Shiro and like giving him game facts hints. Basically. I, yeah, it, it, it is clear that his it, it, or that Avengers' intentions with the loop is at cross purposes with pretty much like, like he has his own agenda at the very least. It is clear here. Yeah, um, and he is he is chill to go for a ride for as long as he needs to, but he has his own way he would like for things to end up. Yeah. Um, which, uh, speaking of which, we're going to get into that a bit more here, because this is immediately followed up by Heaven's Feel Backlight 4, Endless. Uh, mm-hmm. Avenger finds himself and Bazette back at the mansion on October 8th again. After again thinking about assaulting her while she sleeps, he explains how his noble phantasm works. I would really like it if Nasu would stop having a Ranger, Avenger think rapey thoughts constantly it would be it would be tight i would love if he didn't do that yeah uh it's able to completely ignore magic resistance as long as two conditions are met it's only been used once against the same target and the and the one who cast the curse must must not have died yet this makes the use a little tricky if the wound is too minor it won't do much to the opponent but if he intentionally takes serious damage he could just immediately die uh so he's Mm -hmm. he's only got to get he's got to get like Really fucked up, but not too fucked up. Yeah, it, it is. It is like the realization when you finally realize, oh wow, that is an interesting noble phantasm, and then you realize exactly what the limitations of it are, and you're like, 
oh, wow, you were right. Your noble phantasm is shitty. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, meanwhile, Bazette has a true noble phantasm, a legendary sword that's been passed down through the family and carefully protected. However, it can only be awakened in response to an opponent using their greatest attack. Frogrock will then activate itself before they can finish the attack. As far as Avenger is aware, there's only one person who could beat Bazette in a battle between noble phantasms. He doesn't lay out who it is, but he likely means Lancer, since Gabolg is able to warp fate itself to ensure it hits its target. He's impressed that they managed to take out every servant except for Berserker. However, they'll need to start from scratch now that the loop is reset. We now shift to Bazette's perspective as she wakes up. She immediately asks Avenger why they reset, since she doesn't remember anything after defeating Saber. He explains that two things will reset the loop her dying, or the fourth day ending. They simply ran out of time. She asks him if that means the price for immortality means they're stuck in these four days, which he says is correct. She asks why four days, specifically, but he doesn't know. He also doesn't know if it's possible to get past the fourth day without relying on his noble phantasm, since it's not his ability that's doing it. It's a, quote, special privilege granted to you who made a contract with me. You're the one who decides what we do, not me, end quote. She asks if the loop will end if they win the uh, Grail War, but he doesn't know that either. They haven't accomplished it yet, after all. Bazette doesn't believe it's possible to kill every servant in four days. Just accomplishing what they previously did required a nearly perfect playthrough. She can't just wait for other masters to come to her, and she can't get more aggressive since Frogrock is limited to three uses. She knows she needs one for Eisenburn and one for Saber. The last use could be saved for a servant that can't be separated from their master, but when they tried that tactic, they didn't make it past the second day. She starts to feel that she's fighting solely to continue the Grail War, and that the actual way out would be to break her contract with Avenger. As she thinks that, Avenger asks her what she's thinking about, and her mind gets a little staticky. She quickly tosses the idea of breaking her contract aside and resolves to simply do the impossible. She does, however, continue to suspect that Avenger would prefer for the loop to never end. In order to figure out what is causing the four-day limit, she resolves to head to Einsburn Castle to ask for insight. Shiro wakes up from his dream about Pizette and finds himself in the storage shed. A voice in his head tries to tell him the current situation. There's a Holy Grail war happening at night. The city ends on the fourth day, and there's a newcomer. However, he brushes these thoughts aside and even forgets about the dream about Bazette, believing he had only dreamt about the cultural festival. As they finish breakfast and Sakura gets ready for school, uh, Shiro and company hear a knock at the door, and Rin enters. However, Sakura and Rin's relationship seems to have gotten more hostile recently, and they trade thinly, bar- thinly veiled barbs with, e- uh, with each other. The rest of the household is dead silent, worried about getting caught in the crossfire. As soon as they realize that maybe they've taken this too far, though, they drop the act and admit that Rin was reenacting some British humor with Sakura to surprise Shiro. Uh, Shiro asks why she's here, and she says uh, why Rin is here, and she says she came in response to an SOS he sent out in the mail. He, of course, doesn't remember this at all. Rin says there is no way she would have come back unless he asked her to, since she's already had her hands full in London. Well, and it, it okay. And that's pretty much the so end he, of that day. 
this is one of those things where I'm like, how does this loop operate? Because he sent that out, but it was in a previous loop. Yeah. So what? And it didn't take effect it, until several loops later. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's no explanation I, for it. I need this to operate on either less logic or more logic. If this is going to operate on fucking bathe of heaven ass dream logic, that's fine. I can have this operate entirely by vibes and pure symbolic connections, but you got to give me something. And if you want this to be actual loops, like awesome. That's also great. I would love for this to be actual loops, but you got to actually groundhog day it. But this weird, just arbitrary, eh, this happens because I say it does is like so frustrating. Yeah, the the thing about Fate Stay Night that I liked is that you would get into like these detailed lore dumps, but like um it'd mostly be primarily like to explain the basics of things, and then you could pretty much extrapolate from there, you know? Um and well, and oftentimes those detailed lore dumps would be like thematically relevant in some meaningful way. Yeah. Like, the the uh, magic functioning or the ways magic functions being like me- very mechanistic and uh, uh, but also explicitly like nothing that couldn't be accomplished by just people doing shit is like important. Yeah, like that that is thematically relevant and important and like that's ju- there's just none of that here. I just I if this game wants to be loops, that's fine. But I need I am cast adrift because i don't understand how things are functioning there needs to be some sort of internal consistency with how the loops are supposed to function yeah and it because it's making me feel like well the game's even going i don't fucking care so why the fuck would i care yeah like to the point where it's not even interesting to consider it as a time loop because things will just happen when the story says they they will like yeah it just happens arbitrarily yeah like if 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 this was if sending the letter like could perpetuate throughout like parallel loops then why didn't Rin come back the loop immediately after he sent it why was there such mm-hmm. a delay like and the obvious and the answer can only be that well the they didn't they didn't so. want Rin to come back until this particular story scene happened with Bizet. The, the script said you have you literally have to trigger the flag. Yeah. And the game will tell you when you've triggered the flag and it's like that's not an interesting answer. Uh, yeah, like uh, it's it's very it's extremely artificial um in a way that is uh Aggravating? Yeah, and it is also, like, in a way that um, does not congeal with the narrative nearly as well as some of the artificialities of Fate's Day Night. Like, Mm -hmm. we didn't really care why, like, some vagaries of of character development persisted through through the different routes, because, like... Um, because it had thematic resonance yeah. and it's like uh, uh, emotionally impactful and you know it, it it is 
part of how the game is intended to function and how the story functions narratively. Like, there's a reason that these books follow one after another. Yeah, and also because, like, it mostly limited itself to, like, character relationships and and how characters behaved as opposed to, like, knowledge. And, Mm -hmm. like, characters taking specific actions. Um, Whereas here, like, a... A, a character literally does something because of something that happened in a loop that could not have happened in this one. Yeah. Sorry, I had an alarm on that I had to turn off. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, oh. Good good stuff between Avenger and Bazette, but, like, and I'm glad to see oh. Rin back, a... Something that I will come to regret very soon. Uh, you mean the next scene? Yeah, based almost immediately. Uh, yeah, like, the thing about all of the Heaven's Field Backlight stuff is it's like... I'm reminded, oh, right! I like Heaven's Field. I like Fate. It's fun when it does the Fate stuff of being a story where things happen. Yeah. But because that's on screen, I'm marking out because it's great and it's fun. Um, and then she stops being on screen and it goes back to being, uh, Shiro goes through bad slice of life, an- uh, anime, um, with no continuous plot. It's not even slice of life. It's four coma. Yeah. It- it's just bad sex comedy four coma posts. Basically. Like, um, like imagine if Ken Akamatsu got to write fate. This is what would happen. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. Except they'd be, like, seven years younger or something, because Ken Akamatsu is a fucking weird pedophile. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Uh, That's the Love Hina dude, right? Yeah, uh, which, like, Love Hina wasn't terrible about that. It was Negima that came after that was, like, all these high school girls want to bang, like, a... 12 year old child <laughs> oh is that the one where the 12 year olds their teacher for whatever yeah, reason their magic teacher man some stuff stupid as hell and that's one of them <laughs> uh-huh. that one's dumb yeah yeah it's not good um anyway yeah rin's here now and you know i let me rephrase. A character who looks like and has the same character design as Rin is here and has the same name. Yeah. And, and occasionally has the same backstory. Occasionally we see flashes of a character who used to be Rin. Yeah, it's it's dire. Uh, I, I, this first scene is actually uh, is this first scene the one where he is like, hey, what the fuck is up? Or is that? Uh, oh, no, that's the second scene. Sorry. Oh, yeah. The, the, the next scene, like. So this this loop then immediately ends like loop yes uh so loop twelve day one um Rin's room uh this is I only wrote two sentences for this Shiro interrupts Rin in the middle of tidying up her room only to ins- insult her to her face and then just leave without saying what he interrupted her for in the first place what an asshole yeah uh huh that's basically that scene <laughs> it's just Shiro being a dick to Rin for no reason. And Bryn does some, like, weird stuff about being miserly or something again. I, I honestly don't even... 
I don't even make a note of that because it's just going to be constant background radiation. Uh, for Yeah, okay. So on one screen. thing we we ought to mention here is they have decided that for Heaven's Feel, or not for Heaven's Feel, for uh, Hollow Ataraxia, Rin's character trait is she is Scrooge greedy and, and Scrooge McDuck um, for no reason, and I don't understand it. It, like, everyone's character is kind of a character parody in Hollow Ataraxia, but I don't get where that comes from for Rin. That's just not present in the original game, like, anywhere at all. Like, not even a little bit. So I don't know why it's her character trait here. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it, it's miserable, but also, like, I just don't understand it. Yeah, it's baffling. Like, at least the dumb shit they do with Sakura is actually based on traits Sakura already had. They just, like, dial it up to exaggeration for comedy purposes. Uh-huh, and then undo all of the character development that is in uh, yeah. Heaven's Feel. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um... Uh, the next scene, uh, Shiro goes to Rin's room again to ask for advice. Uh, Rin reveals that Archer is no longer bound by a contract. They still cooperate occasionally, but it's purely a reciprocal relationship now. They're just friends with benefits. Well, okay, so that, actually the way this is talked about here is actually interesting. because yeah, They're it is on a like, break. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, that that is basically what is happening here. But what I was going to say is... We see the thing that has been happening for Shiro happen in real time where she talks about how, like, yeah, you already – like, you were there when I, like, basically undid that contract in, like, a way that doesn't make sense for how we know these contracts function. Um, and Shiro first is like, what the fuck? That doesn't make sense. And then is like, oh, okay, yeah, but no, obviously I knew that. It was weird, but, you know, whatever. Okay, I knew that already, so obviously that's how it is. And, like, we see Shiro just automatically accept a thing that doesn't make sense as a fact of the world after – like, we see him renormalize something that is nonsensical and that is uh, uh, out of line with this reality just immediately in real time, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. Um, so Rin's acting as the catalyst for him to stay in the world, but she's cut off the magical energy supply. She also mentions that every time she gets the feeling that something is off about the world, quote, there's some sort of contrivance that kicks in and prevents me from being able to tell what that something is, end quote. Yeah, it's the fucking writer not wanting you to get too far in the story. Is that the script? Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, th- I think this is literally Nasu kind of poking fun at himself as well. It's just also I don't think it's funny. It's I not funny it's because I'm also mad about this. Yeah. Uh, th- um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, uh, this admission seems to kickstart Shiro's buried memories, and re- and he reveals everything he remembers from the previous time loops. He still doesn't have. He still doesn't realize have happened. Rin starts thinking to herself and mutters something interesting. Quote: "It's not that everything is a lie. It's that it's that there's one liar." End quote. When Shiro asks her what's on her mind, she puts on her glasses to go into serious exposition mode. I love that Rin doesn't. <laughs> this joke actually is kind of funny. Actually, need glasses. She just puts glasses on so she can like mentally focus. I love it. I, I do think that was funny. That part was actually funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, because Rin with glasses is a great look. Uh, first, she explains that the Grail War hasn't been restarted. Uh, someone is attempting to reproduce it, which is an important distinction. 
They want to reproduce it in order to fight forever. To keep it enjoyable no matter how many times it repeats, the four days include every possible scenario that could, that could unfold. Shiro then asks why he can still remember things from previous loops. She explains that he is catching glimpses of his other selves each time he returns, uh, which sort of explains the, the whispering that was happening um, when he was awaking. Uh, she compares it to playing a video game. The character on screen may reset completely each time they die, but the person controlling the character can remember every instance. She also suggests that what, whoever is doing this already possesses the grail, and, and the infinite continuation was their wish, which means Shiro needs to find the owner and defeat them. With that in mind, the suspects to investigate would be people who did not participate in the previous grail war. Yeah, I mean, it, this is, it, it's interesting. Um, and, like, the way she talks about it, too, is, uh, okay, I mean, first of all, the first implication is, like, she immediately cottons onto the fact of, oh, hey, this world seems custom designed for Shiro, and it's Shiro specific. Shiro is the one person who's the liar, it seems like, yeah. that she has uh, cottoned onto. Um, and she immediately is like, I need you to understand, this is hypothetical and not actually how things are, so that Shiro doesn't immediately, like, fail to recognize things are weird as she starts talking about them. So she has to, like, Get past talk around Shiro's things really circumspect. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. She has to talk around things in a really circumspect way, which is fun. It is fun that Rin shows up on the scene and immediately cracks the case on how to like engage with this in an interesting way yeah because like the thing about rin is that she's she is really fucking smart <laughs> like mm -hmm. uh so it, it's not actually nice to get a scene we won't get many of them but it's nice to get a scene where like rin is kind of behaving like her old self yeah it, it is very fun to see her like show up on the scene and immediately do like immediately cotton on to stuff that no one else has cottoned on to that I have been like, oh my god, I wish literally anybody would say this out loud. Yeah. Uh, Don't worry, though. They're gonna ruin it. Yep. Um, oh yeah, then we get to the saber at the pool scene. Um, so I just have like a very, sh it's a very long scene, but I've only it's so many form. words for so little yeah. anything interesting. So, uh, this scene goes on for far too long, and the most important part is right at the beginning where Shiro, when Saber meets Shiro in the living room wearing the nice clothes Taiga bought for her. Taiga is elated, and it's yet another instance of Nasu accidentally stumbling into trans writing for Saber. Uh-huh. Because uh, it definitely feels... Uh, you're right! Because it, it, it definitely feels like Taiga, like the like the trans accepting a adoptive relative being very excited to like buy clothes for their their trans woman like uh daughter or whatever yeah uh-huh <laughs> it's like Tyga is just so happy that saber is wearing nice feminine clothing and that saber is pumped mm -hmm. about it uh and then and then we just get a like pool scenes where it's just like, did you know that Saber and Shiro think eat, want a bone? Do you know that? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, 
Yeah, I played that whole first game. Yeah. I'm very aware. Uh, there, bonus, though, Archer and Lancer are also on a date at the pool. <laughs> they are on a date at the pool. That is true. And to be fair, I would also go on a date with Lancer. You <laughs> could not pay me to go on a date with Archer, but I would go on a date with Lancer. <laughs> uh, I want to be clear. I'd still fuck Archer. I just wouldn't go on a date with him. So, so would Rin. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. They're on a break. Uh, I I do like that Lancer negs Saber while Archer chooses to nitpick Shiro's lunch preparation. Like, that's the thing Archer You know what, that, 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 part is, that part is actually kind of funny. Yeah, like, that's the one saving grace of the, the interminable pool scene. Is. I mean, like, here's the thing. In a game where there is more things actually happening, this pool scene would have actually been great. Like, it's not, yeah. like, badly written or anything like that. It's, like, a perfectly fine and fun scene. It's just that every scene is like this, where there's just nothing happening. Yeah, because, like, this is this is the kind of scene that we would have, that we did enjoy in Fate Stay Night. Um, yeah! But... We fucking... Talked a shit ton about the date scene with Saber in Fate. Yeah, but like in Fate Stay Night, those scenes had emotional weight because it was meant to be like this is this is like the existence that they are like trying to preserve. Uh, yeah, so I'm. I mean, this, this is probably actually as good a place as any to talk about what is frustrating to me about this game as a whole, um, and it's that this world doesn't exist. Yeah, this world is a fiction. Um, th- this world is a fiction that exists solely for the the solely for Shiro, um, and like in Fate Stay Night, that whole world and like everything that is happening is it is a place that everyone exists and that they are like dealing with and coping with their own existence. Like to get like everybody is dealing with shit yeah. and existing together. Yeah, it's not just these are all things that are happening. Yeah, in Fate Stay Night, it like Shiro is the protagonist, but it's not just about him. Like. Like fate, even like the roots are focused on different people. Like fate is primarily about Saber. Uh, mm-hmm. UBW it is primarily about Shiro. Um, I, I then, thought you were about to say UBW was about Rin, and I was about to be no. like, Bee! no, it's not. <laughs> I mm-hmm. I know it's not. Um, and then like Heaven's Feel is like extremely about Sakura. Um, with uh shiro's character development capstone happening as a way for that route to function um but yeah like the Mm -hmm. fates the fate stay night is about a lot of people um but yeah this is this world is just for him Uh, it is like no one else exists when he is when they are out of his eyeline yeah like it it is exhausting and boring. Uh, speaking of exhausting and boring, uh, day three uh, we have a scene with Rin at the harbor uh, where Rin just I literally wrote nothing for this scene. Yeah, it's just Rin talking to Shiro about absurd ideas to save money on travel, like hiding in a cargo ship. Oh, I liked this next scene, though. This next scene actually kind of slapped. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, at the Tosaka Renaissance, um, Rin teaches Shiro how to make a medicine to suppress her magic crest as part of his magus training. 
She then checks his progress with reinforcement magic, which seems to have gotten worse since she left. Uh, it's just a nice yeah, scene I- where they train, where, like, Rin actually, like, is starts to do the stuff that she was talking about doing at the end of the true, um, at the true end of Unlimited Blade Works, basically. Well, and, like, also on top of that, uh, uh like, the... Being the scene literally has her like, yeah, obviously, of course you can look at the secret Tosaka family uh, spell book. Um, you know, you're like, it is her coming up with arbitrary reasons why that's okay when it's obviously a thing that shouldn't be. Yeah. But like, but like she just, it is him. just, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like this immediate, uh, interesting character relationship stuff. And just like this reestablishment of character relationship in a way that is fun and enjoyable. And it's just like, Oh, this is like a nice scene. This is like a thing that I like to see. I, I I like that this scene is here. Yeah, and then that's now do something with it. No. Yeah. In, instead, not. what happens is the very next scene we get we get a scene where Rin asks Shiro to massage her shoulder shoulders, and for some reason Shiro acts like this is some chore she's saddling with him with. Shiro's the stupidest motherfucker it's like, alive. My dude, Rin is asking you. To massage her shoulders. Fucking, why are you whining about it? <laughs> what is stu- wrong? He with doesn't you? understand. He's the stupidest motherfucker alive. Uh, it's so infuriating. I, I, like this entire scene, she is actively playing up like weird moaning. Yeah, and it's like Shiro, my man. <laughs> she is giving you like she wants you all to the signs. Massage her. <laughs> Come on. Like, I, I, I need to be clear here. We are not, like, doing innuendo like we're doing when we talk about, oh, yeah, no, she and Archer are on a break and they're fuck buddies. Yeah, this is canonical. No, like, this is, this is just text. This is, this is active text. <sighs> and it's just like, sure, you're the stupidest motherfucker alive. And also the structure of this game means that every relationship has to be in limbo yeah. for the entirety of it. Yeah, also the structure of this game that means that this scene will not matter ever. Well, yes, also that. Yeah. If a little thing doesn't pop up at the end of the scene that says, hey, you unlocked a flag, you can basically go, oh, okay, cool, that scene doesn't matter. Yeah. That scene doesn't count. Uh, day four starts with a scene that's all about Ryder teasing Sakura about her breasts getting bigger. I, I'll be straight up with you. Skip this scene. The moment I saw that this scene was about fucking weird titty jokes, yeah. I was like, holding down control, holding down control. I, sh- I should keep like a running tally on how many scenes are about Sakura having huge tits. Because it's like, I'm pretty sure there's been three so far. The massage scene was that too, yeah. Oh god, I forgot Because he was, uh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh... Anyway, um, all right, then the la- then the scene after, this is just like, the- day four is just a complete wash. Day four is dire. Yeah, because the second scene is Rin makes a wager with Saber that she can find where Shiro hides his porn. Uh, this scene. God, fuck There you. is a throwaway line in this scene that makes me so mad it's, that I almost shut the game down and went to bed. It's so throwaway that I completely forgot it even existed. So yeah, th- this scene is like, it's a nothing scene. They're like digging through Shiro's room looking for his pornography. They find uh, 
weird porn. There's no blondes in it, so Saber is mad ab- about that. Yeah, um, and it's then, like Saber is suddenly irritated that he wouldn't be masturbating to her. Like, is that the implication? I guess. Here? Like, yeah. What? I mean, it, what it what it actually is is it's the a uh, recreation of a consistent trope and weird slice of life and rom com stuff. Yeah. It, it's nothing. Yeah, it, it um, is a trope sh- that does not work with these characters as established. And then uh, Shiro bursts in and is like, no, that's not that's not mine. It's Shinji's. And he left it here. Uh, and Rin buys this for some reason instead of roasting this man alive like she would have in Fate Stay Night. Yeah. Um, and is mad at Shiro for making her read Shinji's porn, I guess. Um, like, that's, that's the entirety of the scene. However... The line that made me so fucking mad is the game says uh, Shinji is the kind of guy who comes in with well-meaning but totally unneeded advice sometimes. And uh, my literal notes say, eat fucking shit, eat shit and die. How fucking dare you talk to me about this piece of shit monster. He's not well-meaning. And tell me he's well-meaning. Eat shit, eat shit, eat shit. That's the entirety of notes I have for this scene. Yeah. It's, It's bad on multiple levels. This game is so pressed to rehabilitate Shinji and pretend he's not a literal abusive predatory rapist. Yeah. It's it's genuinely fucking disgusting. Yeah, like, I remember back when we finished Heaven's Feel, I was like, you know, who the hell buys, like, a Shinji figurine? And now I'm realizing it's The answer is Nasu. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, like, clearly Nasu himself thinks that Shinji isn't that bad. (laughs) Really. It is genuinely fucking disgusting. Like, I... This game, at every possible turn, tries to tell me, oh, yeah, no, Shinji's, like, a good dude. Ha-ha, he's just misguided. He's kind of a dick. Ha-ha. And it's like... Did we? If I'm playing this game, I think you can assume I played Heaven's Feel, because this parts of this is called Heaven's Feel Redux. So like, I feel like it's a safe assumption that I played Heaven's Feel. Yeah, this is like Heaven's Feel Two Nasu, Electric Boogaloo. Do you not remember what you wrote during Heaven's Feel, where you explicitly said that Shiro, that like Shinji had been like regularly uh raping sakura for like years do you not mm-hmm. remember doing but, that <laughs> do, do you not remember the positioning of both sakura and shinji as two victims of abuse in like horrifying uh, uh in a horrifying scenario both deeply traumatized but using the two of them as a comparison of the ways that like despite this tra- uh, trauma does not necessarily uh uh uh, excuse actions and how there is still a line on how we harm those around us um and how you know that, that there is like still crimes that are uh too deep and too wounding to ever excuse how like that's like the whole thi- whole thing there and how like the murder of shinji is like the loudest yeah boy i had in the whole fucking visual no no he's a good dude okay okay Okay. Yeah. And then that's followed up with a scene where Shiro walks in on Ryder taking a bath and then she petrifies his dick. She does petrify his dick. 
this fucking game. This fucking game. I'm just sitting here and I'm like, the original Dragon Ball had better sex comedy jokes than this. Yeah, it did. At least Goku actually hung Dong. Yeah. And also, like, as as dumb as that humor was, the excuse was that, like, Goku's a it's weird alien child. He has no... He doesn't know anything. Oh, also, the, the comic is for babies. Yeah. Dragon Ball is written yeah. for 10-year-olds. Yeah, Dragon Ball is for children. Uh, Faith Hollow Ataraxia is definitely not for children. It is the, legally it is. not for children. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, yeah, anyway, thankfully, uh, almost as, almost as a, an apology for our suffering, we get Heaven's Field Backlight 5 Void. Man, every time we get the backlight scenes, I'm like, oh, man. Right, this game is good when it's about yeah, stuff. Yeah, maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, Avenger remembers a woman who had wished to help him back when he was a human sacrifice. It irritated him, not because she was insincere, but because he knew it was futile. Quote, the very principles that guided her actions were wrong, end quote. He remembers this because Brazette, uh, because Bazette Fraga McRemitz, his current master, reminds him of that person. Avenger and Bazette are fleeing from Berserker and taking refuge inside the ruins that we recognize from the threesome sex scene in Fate Stay Night. Uh, the, the second they set foot into, this ter- into his territory in the forest, Berserker gives chase. Uh, they briefly attempted to fight Berserker, but realized the futility once even Frogrock couldn't score a kill. Which, like, technically it probably did score a kill, but they don't realize that he <laughs> has many lives. Well, I mean, like, that, that's, like, the fun thing about the scene is it's, like, the pitting of a, a, a noble phantasms against each other and seeing, like, oh, yeah, uh, this is an, a, a frag rock is a very good uh, noble phantasm. We just saw fucking Oko, uh, a saber. And now, like, oh, hey, but the way it functions means that while you can shoot it anytime you want at Heracles, it just doesn't work. It's like, oh, that's fun. That's interesting. Yeah. I would love to see that. Uh, their only chance now is to make it to the castle and find his master before he catches up to them. Avenger tries to get Bazette to go on without him so he can delay Berserker, but she refuses to leave him behind. Avenger argues that her pity is meaningless sentimentality. He then thinks to himself that, quote, to try to save someone who doesn't exist in your own world would mean to deny that world of yours. That's the logic this world operates on, something that doesn't even bear mentioning. Unrelated humans, unobjecting humans, affirm every misfortune and sorrow by that alone. That inequality cannot be overthrown. So why not just accept the happiness that's built on someone else's sacrifice, end quote. After, hear- after hearing his surprisingly health- heartfelt, if pessimistic, view of compassion, Bazette agrees to his plan and starts running to the castle. However, she can't help but feel she made the worst choice, even if it was correct. At the castle, uh, Bazette briefly fights Liz, but Ilya interrupts them and asks what has brought her to the castle. She says she's here on business as a representative of the Mages Association. Ilya reveals that she does not wish to fight since she is no longer a master herself. She notices Bazette's confusion and invites her to have a private discussion in her parlor. 
She explains that Berserker's role was taken from him by another servant, who was taken away from Ilya by another master. Now Berserker is simply a spirit who attacks anyone who attempts to venture into the forest. The servant she used to have was killed on the fourth night after this great Grail War began. Hmm, interesting. Uh, the first to know the Einsverns have been eliminated should have been Avenger, since Angra Mainyu used to be her servant. Back when he was her servant, he was genuinely useless. He did not become the heroic spirit she knows until much later on. Bizette incorrectly assumes this means Ilya was simply never aware of his noble phantasm. Bazette then tells her about the time looping. Ilya asks if she wishes to stop the war and pass beyond the fourth day. However, Bazette says she has no desire to end the war and simply wants to know why the boundary is set at four days. Ilya says that if she had wished to sever the contract with Avenger, she'd be willing to lend a hand, but Bazette's request is not within her jurisdiction, and she has no desire to leave the castle. Why the Holy Grail War exists in this state is something she alone can investigate. After saying goodnight to Bazette, Ilya advises her to stay in, at the castle until the fourth day ends and reflect on what she's trying to, trying to accomplish. Bazette refuses the offer and leaves the castle, even if it means getting killed by Berserker. She does, however, think about why the war has ended up like this, and recalls Avenger telling her that it was a special bonus from having made a contract with her. A thought occurs that the only other thing that could cause such a miracle as a wish-granting vessel, but she denies that answer. She decides that for the next loop, she will go out alone and try to find Rin, Sakura, and Shira without Avenger knowing. Yeah, I, I think like this is like a really fun scene here. I like seeing the relationship between Avenger and uh, uh, Bazette getting complicated, and it like serves as a really fun counterpoint to the way Shiro uh, uh, has to experience and uh, uh, or, or uh, uh, between Shiro's development of like empathy and compassion and care for people around him. It, like it is a nihilistic inversion of it in a lot of ways, which is fun. Yeah. That That is a fun counterpoint. Yeah. Cause of, and like, cause it, Avengers whole thing is like Avenger. It's not like the Avenger believes that like, um, things are currently fine the way they are like he he knows that injustice exists in this world he just doesn't think that like anything could possibly happen to make it better like he's he he, he basically believes in the end of history just in like the the most nihilistic way you could believe in the end of history well not even just that but like when he's talking about like uh, yeah, homie, just bail on me, let me die here, and you move on. Like, that's the thing that makes practically the most sense. And, like, he's not wrong, but also, like, it is a replication of the thing that literally happened to him. Yeah. And, and like, it is positioning himself to do so, to replicate that again. Like, it is this self-destructive and self-defeating attitude that in such a way where it's like, well, this is just what has to happen, you know, practically. You know, it's just, it's what has to happen. And that's, that's interesting. That that's fun. That's a, a a complicated relationship, and Bazette clearly hates that, or clearly hates that part. But also, like, is stuck in a world where she has to respect that practical uh, approach. Yeah. And like, can you imagine a game where this it, it's just about Bazette and Avenger? Yeah. And 
Uh, and we o- we don't ever like see from Shiro's perspective. We just see him as like a side character. We sometimes occasionally kill Saber, and it's like, holy shit, what? We just killed Saber. God, that'd be so cool. Yeah. I also like that even though Ilya is speaking here, this is clearly not Ilya that is talking to Bazette. Yeah, she doesn't care about Berserker at all, which is like, what? Yeah, this is clearly like one of the previous Einsburns speaking through Ilya. Because like, yes. Ilya is connected to the Grail. Like, we we mm-hmm. saw that uh, in at the end of Heaven's Feel, where like, she basically puts on... Um, the robes and like one of one of the Einsburns through the Grail speaks to what's his name like uh, the old man. Yeah, it's slime grandpa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this this is just like one of uh, one of the very early Einsburns who who did have a venture like talking to Bazette, and it's it's neat. I like it. It seems like yeah, yeah. Man, I love these backlight scenes. It almost makes the rest of the game worth it every time they come up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I also like how um, these Bazette scenes are starting to become like uh, the one joke about the guy in the hot dog suit saying, we're all trying to find the guy who did this. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is, huh? <laughs> And every time she finds any information, she's like, oh, just gonna ignore that. <laughs> it does seem like that would have been me, but I couldn't have been, though. No, definitely not. I don't. It's extra fun, too, because like, Bazette's super dead. Yeah. Bazette is like wicked dead. So I'm like, yo, why ain't Bazette dead, though? <laughs> like, that's fun. That's a fun mystery, as opposed to all of the mysteries in the actual loops. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Do you think... Okay. I'm going to put out a a hypothetical. Do you think the Bazette stuff was written, and there just wasn't enough for, like, a full game on its own? So they just made, like, the rest of the shit around that? God, that's a good question. Maybe. Because, like... Like, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Because, like, back then, you didn't really have DLC. So you had to justify, like, pressing a bunch of discs. I mean, wasn't Hello Adoraxia, like, a fan disc already? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, you know, previously, like... Yeah. Like, if, if this were made in modern day... You could just have like a DL, like a story DLC, you know, like what fucking Mass Effect has or whatever, or it's like, or to drop on Steam for seven dollars. Yeah, it's like pay five bucks, get the get the Bazette DLC that like adds like a, a additional story content content at the end of Fate Stay Night, and like it'd mm-hmm. just be like the Bazette stuff, um, and. It'd be like, yeah, that's 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 worth five dollars. Get like several out, like get like a dollar per hour of content or something. Um, but yeah, th- that that is it was made in an era where you just couldn't do that, so you had to like press mm-hmm. discs. Um, so I almost I almost wonder if it's like 
well, we had a Koronov idea here, but it's not enough to like justify the cost of making these and how much we need yeah. to charge for them. So let's also put a bunch of this like fan service horse shit in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe just not. Maybe just Nasu sucks sometimes, and this was his ideal fan disc. Yeah, it's very possible. Just, uh, just wish we were done. <laughs> just... Kind of, yeah. But, like, I'm at loop 22 and I'm still not done. Yeah. It's like, and I haven't, I haven't even, God, I haven't played at all in, like, three weeks, which is real weird, because, like, for, for Fate Stay Night, I started playing those things immediately after we we stopped recording because <laughs> I was excited to get to them. Mm-hmm. And like, I am excited to get to the Vizette scenes. It's just the problem is I don't know when those will come around. <laughs> like, I don't know how much I'm going to need to like get through to get to them. Uh, yeah. Like how many more Vizette scenes have you encountered uh, um, the next, what, oh, uh, nine loops or something? Uh, let me think here. Ten loops. Um, there is, there's actually a lot of Karen content. Um, okay, in, in that's fun. Sections that, that I think you'll like. A lot of, a lot of Karen and Avenger just... <laughs> interacting and uh, avenger being a little shit to her um uh and yeah there's let's see here is there is there is it really just one? Oh yeah okay yeah there there is there is one scene with bizet okay but also, there's a lot of other stuff going on. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, as long as plot's happening, that's interesting. Oh yeah, yeah, p- plot plot does happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think uh, f- with with slightly more frequency than we've been used to. Okay. Uh, that's that's at least appealing. I just wish I know knew how close we were to the end because I feel like there have been multiple times when I'm like. All right, well, clearly we're getting, we're almost done here, right? <laughs> it's like a Tails, Absolutely it's like not. a Tails game. Yeah, Tails games do be going on forever, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, that's all for this recording. Uh, now that I have settled into my new place, uh, hopefully Sierra's life will stop shitting on her so much um, and we'll be able to record that would be tight I would love that frequently here that's the dream um and hopefully we'll finish this game this year yeah that'd, <laughs> that'd be nice I sure would like to do that uh, <laughs> so yeah that'll be it for this episode um you can follow me at still the GM 
Uh, oh, right. You can follow me on Twitter at Rhetoric Acrobat. I don't know why you would. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, if I did figure out a closing for this po- this section of the podcast, I don't remember it anymore. Me neither. All all I've got is like, don't play this game, man. You're good. You're all the way Just good. Just watch Endless 8 instead. Play Fate Stay Night. Watch Endless 8 instead. Endless 8's great. <laughs> Listen, I'll fight some fuckers who try and tell you Endless 8 isn't good. Endless 8 rules. <laughs> Uh, God. Do, can you imagine uh, the other ha- advantage of Endless Eight? Can you imagine if Haruhi was the protagonist of Fate, Fate Hollow Ataraxia? No, because it would be over in fifteen minutes because she'd get bored. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> also, major advantage of Endless Eight? That shit's done in four hours. Yeah, it's eight episodes, each less than half an hour. Th- that is also true. I don't even know what my hour count is. Hold on. Before I completely end this content, I want to check my hour count. Too high. I can tell you right now. Too high. 39. Fuck me. (laughs) It's already like half of Fate Stay Night. What the fuck? It's half of Fate Stay Night for less than a quarter of the content. Yeah. Yeah, we basically... This feels like there's been less content than Fate alone. Yeah, by this point, we would have been done with the Fate route, uh, and we haven't even basically finished a route's worth of content. Ugh. Okay. Let's end this podcast before I get more mad, and before we make Kim murder us. Yeah, we're out of here. (laughs) Bye. Bye, y'all.